The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Welcome to Happy Hour. I'm very delighted to be with you this week, every evening. Uh, Nikki is still traveling. And um, the past couple of weeks, we've been talking a bit about one major aspect of how we can practice loving kindness and compassion in our daily lives, which is by means of wise speech. So wise speech is a key aspect, really, of living kindness and compassion in a big way, bringing it into every day. We, we discussed a bit, too, about what we might call our internal speech, the way we talk to ourselves. And that can vary from person to person. Um, the way we talk to ourselves um, might look like a lot of different things. It might look like thinking. It might look like that internal dialogue that some people report or kind of an internal observer that's commenting on things. Um, The way we talk to ourselves might vary a lot, but sometimes it might not be so kind or compassionate. Um, It can be a story we're telling ourselves that ends up being perhaps a, a little harder on us than uh, is compassionate. Um, and speech, you know, this internal speech might also be considered of the more subtle mental activity that we notice with awareness or with mindfulness when we're doing sitting meditation. At least part of the internal stuff experiencing that we're aware of might be in the form of speech on some level, you know, as a quiet whisper or as something more obvious. So the internal mental activity is hugely important because it is where we're focused when we're doing mindfulness practice and tracking it, uh, tracking the internal mental activity is so much at the heart of this and also so much at the heart of wise speech. So when we track internally what's, what the impact of things is on our minds and our mental activity, we're learning about our long-standing internal mental habits. And these long-standing mental habits include habitual ways we think about ourselves, about other people, about the world. And these influence they give rise to some of our long-standing habits of speech, both what we say to other people and what we say to ourselves. We learned a lot of those habits of speech from people around us from the very earliest days of infancy. It became part of how we think, and it's been conditioned for however many decades we've been alive. So, you know, it is important for us to learn not to be harsh with ourselves as we practice with awareness of both this internal speech and also what we find ourselves saying to others. As we start to become more aware of, conscious of this internal mental activity, 
including thinking and speaking, it's great that awareness and mindfulness is our strongest ally. So over time in this practice, you've probably already noticed this, but you'll continue to become aware of all kinds of internal mental activity. It'll include thinking all kinds of thoughts. Some are going to be untrue. Some are going to be just speculation. Some are going to be only partly true. Though You'll think things that aren't particularly kind, maybe not all that timely, maybe not all that beneficial to yourself or others. We all think things that we would definitely... Uh, we feel lucky no one can read our minds. You know, we definitely think things that we'd rather not share. <laughs> and um, we have these deeply conditioned mental habits that fuel the ways we think and speak that underlie this whole problem that we're here to solve, suffering, stress, dissatisfaction. Of course, the more we do these practices, including these four beautiful practices we typically do during happy hour, of loving-kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity, the more we're also in the process of undoing all of that unwholesome uh, internal and external mental activity, and we're cultivating wonderfully healthy habits of mental activity. We will become aware as we go on in this practice of having things pop into our minds that are kind that are compassionate, helpful, wholesome, beautiful qualities. So this noticing, being aware of internal speech and external contains loads of information about the internal mental habits um, that we have conditioned over time. And this is actually where we're going to learn to be happier and more free. This is where we'll discover mental habits that contribute to that freedom. Uh, the mental habits, on the other hand, that, can, that still contribute to stress or suffering or dissatisfaction are called the hindrances. Maybe you've heard that before. The hindrances are things that obstruct or hinder our ability to be free and completely happy. As we practice kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, equanimity this week, we'll look at how those practices, those cultivations of mind and heart can contribute to freeing us from the habits that obstruct our freedom. So we'll work with the five big categories of mental habits that are the hindrances, greed, aversion, mental and physical lethargy, restlessness, and doubt. We'll start today by finding ways we can meet greed with compassion and kindness. And greed, in, in our case, could just be as simple as wanting things to be a certain way, the way we want them to be instead of how they are. Uh, so with those reflections, let's start into our evening of meditation together. Settling into your body and heart, mind in the way that you know to be able to 
bring ease, any relaxation. Perhaps to make note of any physical sensations, thoughts, feelings that are here right now. And perhaps bringing some relaxation or letting go of anything that can be released or set aside for this period of meditation. And anything that cannot be set aside, notice with as much kindness and compassion as possible and let it be just as it is. And taking your time to find the grounded, most present place that's possible right now. And as you notice the way things are showing up right now, gently being aware of any wanting them to be other than what they are. Not a problem, just noticing it. And beginning the practice of kindness and compassion, you can allow to float into your awareness anyone for whom you'd like to extend wishes of kindness. Perhaps a person you know who needs it the most right now. bringing to mind all their wonderful qualities, as well as whatever difficulties they might be experiencing right now. Perhaps seeing them sitting there right in front of you and feeling care for them. Noticing the thoughts or the even the physical sensations that come with being with how they are right now. This can be yourself as well. Could be yourself, could be someone else.
Allowing time for this being to fill your mind, fill your heart. Inclining the mind, the heart, the body towards kindness for them. You could simply radiate the physical sensation or sensations of kindness and compassion from you to them. Or you could incline the mind towards wishes of kindness, either by just hearing the phrases that I will offer or by quietly whispering them in your mind. May you be well and healthy. May you be safe, free from inner and outer harm. May you be contented and happy. May you live with ease.
May any suffering come to an end. You can add other wishes that you have, particularly for this person, that are kind or compassionate and about their particular situation. As you continue to send them phrases or simply radiate kind wishes, gently noticing if there's any attachment or leaning in the direction of wanting things to be different or in sort of insisting that they need to be different, they have to be different. Perhaps sending compassion towards whatever is actually happening to this person. For example, I know you are experiencing a lack of well-being right now. May I be present with you? And how difficult that is without trying to fix or change things for you. Radiating compassion towards the lack of well-being. Or, I know you are not feeling safe right now. May I be present with how difficult that is for you without trying to change or fix you 
in any way. Radiating compassion towards their lack of safety. Or, I know you are not happy right now. May I be present with how difficult that is for you without trying to fix or change you. Radiating compassion for this lack of happiness. And continuing in silence with whatever practice fits for the person to whom you're wanting to send kindness and compassion.
So our internal speech has so much to do with the cultivation of kindness and compassion. And for these meditation practices of loving kindness and compassion to truly cultivate a heart and mind that are free, uh, they need to be practices that are free of an agenda. Um, so we've had so much conditioning uh, in life to think that we'll be truly and fully happy once we get things the way we want. We're, of course, surrounded by a culture that bombards us with images of happiness based on having whatever, a dream home, picture-perfect family, satisfying relationships, really great job, um, material comforts, entertainment, or things we can become addicted to. And when we develop the habit of thinking we have to get any of this to be happy and free, we're caught in the hindrance of greed. But it can also be much subtler than that. Maybe we don't need all that stuff and we're not addicted to sense pleasures, but we want things to go a certain way. We might even work very hard to make that happen. Um, even thinking that our meditations should be a certain way, make us feel peaceful, or that the body should be comfortable when we're meditating, or deciding that our mind has to reach some sort of pinnacle uh, in any practice like concentration, that can also be greed. But the wonderful thing about loving kindness and compassion practice is that they aim to cultivate a heart that just wishes for fundamental well-being happiness and freedom that have nothing to do with external circumstances for ourselves and others. So we're not working, um, excuse me, we are working <laughs> to free the mind from greed so that our freedom and happiness don't depend on externals. So this evening as we do the breakout groups, you might consider reflecting together on um, how loving kindness and compassion practices have been helping you with any internal leanings towards wanting things a certain way, even in meditation. And just reflecting on the things that are coming up for you. And as always, um, we ask in these groups that you uh, share one little thing at a time. Each person shares one thing, and we you have a circle of about three or four people. And when one person is sharing, the others are silent and listening with their whole heart to the person who's speaking and also to what's coming up inside of you with kindness and compassion. And then when it's your turn to share, then you get to speak and not really commenting on other people's sharing, but really speaking from your own heart. And um, the hope is that you truly enjoy these 10 minutes together and uh, learn something new. So with that, I'll send you to the breakout groups. If you find yourself in a room without anyone, don't worry, I'll move you to the room with other people. Welcome back, everyone. We now have about eight minutes uh, to share anything that you learned or that was an inspiration for you, any questions, 
And you can raise your hand or unmute yourself if you're not visible. Michael, I think you're unmuted. Did you want to share? Oh, my goodness. Um, Just deep appreciation for your sweet guidance. And I think we have you every every six to seven o'clock this week. Yeah, that's really a treat. So deep (laughs) bows here. Thank you very much. Yes. And uh, Jesse, please. Thank you. Yeah, this was a really helpful practice for me. It helped me realize a couple of things. Um, this idea of wanting things to be different um, as a form of greed. I haven't made that connection before. And I noticed that in my own practice, you also talked about kind speech. And sometimes I'll be in a situation where I feel awkward or what I want something to be different about the situation. And, and I'll, I'll say, I'll try to make a joke. And it ends up being kind of a sarcastic or response remark an automatic response which i pretty much immediately regret and then i'm just like oh i'm not i don't want to be that type of person you know but it all comes down to that greed of just what not being able to be present with what with what's real at that moment and so that was a a great insight for me so thank you for sharing that thanks for sharing what you've shared jesse i'm guessing that 100 percent of the people in the room have experienced similar experiences with you know saying things they that didn't work out well or noticing that leaning inside that wants it to be different so pat please yeah i wanted to thank you too um the work tonight um sort of connected with what gill was working with last week in that we work with loving kindness and the Brahmahavaras with self, other, self and other, the relationship, and then something beyond that. Um, and when we get to the latter, more subtle stages, if you will, um, then the worldly concerns drop away, and we don't need to be concerned with that. That means... I don't need to be obligated. I can't fix it on a a very deep level. And I was also bringing to mind a couple of colleagues at work that are having a lot of physical problems. Everybody has their own issues and problems. It's hard work sometimes. And so being with them is enough. And that's pretty profound. Thank, Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Pat. That's wonderful that you've learned to be present with Everybody's conditions. Mary, please. Oh, um, I see you're speaking, but we're not hearing you. I unmuted. Ah, there you go. Okay. Okay. Um, I thought another member of my group was going to ask this question, but I will. Um, Could you speak a little bit about the wanting things to be different when it relates to things like chronic pain? Yes. Yes. So this is one of the very tough areas of practice where, you know, it's so natural that we would want chronic pain to go away. But there's, uh, there's a kind of an old saying, uh, pain plus something plus our own mental activity, our own reactivity to things equals suffering. So 
pain is, uh, you know, the kind of pain we might have with chronic pain. Um, often we have, we have no control over that. I mean, we can do some things, you know, we alleviate it in whatever ways we can, but we don't have total control over it. So we try to not add that extra piece of reactivity, which is that internal mental activity that I was talking about. And so over time, as we watch things with awareness, we actually can learn um, to be aware of pain as strong sensation. We can watch the fluctuations of it. Like it's not usually monolithic. It's usually, you know, has some sort of pulsing or it increases and decreases or it, you know, we can notice all things about it like does it feel like a stretching or does it feel like a contraction or what does it feel like? Now, I'll say that's true up to a point. With chronic pain or very severe pain, there are times when we need to move our mind somewhere else, like to another part of the body or the experience that's pleasant or at least neutral. And I've, I've had a recent experience with this, with trigeminal neuralgia. I, I was too much on top of it too much trying to follow it like a meditation object no <laughs> it's just like a magnifying glass so we have to use wisdom with chronic pain but what we're driving at is just trying to see if we can notice the reactivity part like i don't i don't want this to be happening i can't stand this i you know whatever the thoughts are or the reactions are so mary how is that um serving you is that answering your question Yes, hard, of course. And my response is, well, why haven't you fixed it yet? You know, the physical therapist gave you the exercises. Why don't you do them? Why aren't they working? You know, that. (laughs) But it's all part of that reactivity. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And that's an important thing to notice. You know, we, we do what we can. We can't always do everything we're told to do. I mean, we don't always do everything we're told to do. So, but we can still be free of reactivity as we work on awareness with it. And we work with, you know, is this something I want to be focused on and just notice the permutations? Or is this so big that I need to go somewhere else mentally? So, And, and it was very helpful in your instruction to um, bring compassion to myself. And, Good. you know, that well, this is hard. Good. Yes. Yes. We, we go through such tough things in human life. We really do. Yeah. Um, thank you, Mary. And Serena, we have about a minute left. So I'll try to, if it could be quick with Serena, I'll try to get to Katrine as well. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. I might have the same problem in a different version perhaps. And uh, what I notice is that when I'm happy about something, when I'm happy about something that there's a lot of uh, mental, I call it mental um, rumination. It's like I keep on thinking the same thing. You know, the the same thoughts keep on. uh, It's like, for example, if I, if I expressed, uh, something to a group or something and that caused very happy feeling caused happy feelings what i was noticing in my my meditation was that those happy feelings keep on arising with the same words repeated 
you know, like somehow that the words that cause the happiness or the words that were associated with the happiness keep on, you know, coming up. So the best I was able to do was to go back to my breath to get some respite for that because it's not fun. Okay, so the the rumination is unpleasant or it's difficult. It's unpleasant. It's unpleasant. It's unpleasant because, you know, it just kind of, I feel like it it has a life of its own. Yes. You know, it's like it's non-controllable. It has a life of its own. And so uh, the best that I was able to do was to bring my attention to the breath and then, and to the body. Okay. Yeah. And I want to say the fact that you differentiated between the happiness and the unpleasant rumination is really good mindfulness. That's good awareness. And then you noticed it and then you returned to awareness of the breath and the body. That's absolutely fine. And if you, you know, you could perhaps extend some compassion. You know, I'm extending compassion to how painful rumination can be. So thank you, Serena. And I'm sorry, yeah. Katrine, you're welcome to stay online if you want with me for an, another couple minutes. And um, the rest of you, if you'd like to unmute and say goodnight, thank you very much. I'll see you tomorrow. Can we thank wish you, uh, Rada happy thank birthday, you. please? Oh, oh, yes. Happy birthday to yeah. Okay. Happy, birthday. Happy, birthday. Happy, birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Bye. Bye. Good night.